wow. If you could only see what I see, less and less tan chairs. I like that. I like that. I'm looking across the congregation this morning, and I'm seeing some faces that I haven't seen literally, literally for months, and maybe even longer. But you're here today, and you never left us along the way. You watched online, and you, you were involved in other ways, but you're here today. And to see your face in this house this morning does this pastor good. I'm so proud that you were here this morning, and thank you for coming. I know that we have some out-of-town guests today. We welcome you to the Spirit Life Church. We are here to worship the Lord today on this Easter Sunday morning, and we invite you to do that. If you're visiting with us and you're local, we'd love to have a record of your visit this morning. There's a visitor's card right in front of you in the pocket in the chair right before you and just fill that out and drop it in the little black boxes on the back wall and we'll have a record of your visit today and we will be able to thank you for being with us. Now immediately following the service today we're going to be having an egg hunt for our children. I understand that there's some baskets that they're going to be giving away. Do they need to sign up for those? Do they need to get their kids names in a in a box or something? All right, Miss Aaron's taking care of that. So that means I don't have to do anything else, praise God, other than let you know. But let me just remind you that while there will be children probably all over the place outside after church, if you decide to leave, please do so carefully. And as you're going out of the parking lot, take, take some extra time to look around because children have been known to run all over the place. And, and uh, we, we want to be safe today as we do this, but we felt like this would be a good time for us to be able to do this. And uh, so if you would like to participate in that, just come after, you know, stay after church and, and be there with your children, and we'll have a great, great time. Amen. I love Easter season. I love it because of what it represents. I mean, there's hope for us because of Jesus Christ. I'm so tired of bad news. I really am. I'm so, I don't, some days I think I can't take any more bad news. I just don't want to hear any more. Especially when we, the church, the children of God, have the good news of the gospel, Jesus Christ. No matter what happens in our world, we know that he is in control and God is on our side. And the scripture asks the question, if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Amen. So I'm seeing new, I'm seeing people over here in this part of the building that haven't been here in months. Welcome home. We're glad to have you. I see people in this middle section that have not been here in months. Thank you for being here today. And I'm so glad to see you. And I see people over here in this section, towards the back, particularly. Faces that I haven't seen in a long, long time. And to see you today is making me smile. And I'll bet you when I go to bed tonight, I'll still be smiling. It's good to have family back home today. So thank you for being here. We're trying to be as safe as we know how to be. But we see that there is hope on the horizon. Amen. And so we want to invite you to continue to come and be with us. 
Well, I'm going to get started um, preaching today. If you need announcements and things of that nature, you can look in the bulletin that is online and get all the information that you need to be able to uh, be a part of what's going on. This morning, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Revelation chapter 5. And I know that you may be thinking, well, this is an odd uh, sermon text for an Easter Sunday morning. Uh, Let me explain to you why I've selected this text. I don't know if you know this or not, but we have a bright future ahead of us. Doesn't matter how dark the days may seem right now, if you are in Christ, there is a bright future ahead for us. We have eternal life because of Jesus Christ. And there's a future out there for us that has been provided and is being built on our behalf even now. And so I want to read to you this chapter. Uh, It's not a long chapter, chapter 5. And then I want to share with you a few thoughts about singing to the risen Lamb. Singing to the risen Lamb. Let's look at verse 1 in Revelation chapter 5. John said, Then I saw on the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides. It was sealed with seven seals. I also saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even to look in it. So I wept and wept because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or even to look in it. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Look, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then I saw one like a slaughtered lamb standing in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. And he went and he took the scroll out of the right hand of the one seated upon the throne. And when he took the scroll, The four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, and each one had a harp and golden bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, and they sang this, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals because you were slaughtered and you purchased people. For God, by your blood, from every tribe and language and people and nation, you made them a kingdom and priests unto our God, and they will reign upon the earth. And then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and also the living creatures and of the elders, and their number was countless thousands plus thousands of thousands. And they said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered 
to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, on the sea, and everything in them say, blessing and honor and glory and power be to the one who is seated upon the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. I pray that you will allow this message to grasp a hold of our hearts today and help us to realize that there is hope for the future, that you have already overcome and there is coming a day when we shall all be together in eternity. And on that day, Lord, we will be able to worship you without any reservation or hesitations at all. Because we will understand who you always have been and who you are in our lives. So, Lord, inspire me to preach effectively this morning and help this congregation to be able to hear with holy ears today the message that you have for them. And as we close this service in a few moments, may we leave out of this place with a new sense of awareness that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and worthy is the Lamb who was slain from the foundations of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So I've already said to you, I've had it with bad news. I don't want any more. Anybody here want some more bad news? Because if you do, I'd like to take you out in the parking lot and lay hands on you. No, I'm only kidding. I mean, the last year has just been one of those years, hasn't it, where it seems like bad news after bad news after bad news after bad news. Just when you think it can't get any worse, somebody stands up and spouts their mouth off and says, you better be aware because the darkest days are just ahead. Well, let me tell you something. That may be true in the flesh, but I'll tell you what's even more true. The dark days have to succumb to the light of Jesus Christ. Amen. There is hope on the horizon for us. Now, I don't know if you're much of a singer. I, you know, I hear that people sing better in the shower. I don't know if that's true or not. I've heard some people sing through the years that couldn't carry a tune in a five-gallon bucket, and I've heard others that could sing pretty well. Uh, but, you know, it's not about how good you can sing and about how great your voice is. The important thing is, is that we sing from our heart and we understand that our singing is worship to God. God loves to hear you sing even when you sing terribly because it's not about the pitch, but it's about it being a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. And we can all make a joyful noise, true? And so we, on this Easter Sunday, should not only be able but willing to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You might say, well, I don't really have anything to sing about. I don't know why I should be singing. Well, this passage of Scripture in Revelation chapter 5 gives us a prophetic glance into the future and how that those of us who are spending eternity in the presence of Jesus Christ, 
will have a reason to sing. I want to share from these three these passages of scripture. I want to share three things that I believe that we will sing about when we get to heaven. And the first one is this. We shall sing about that scroll. Did you notice as I was reading that they were holding a scroll. Someone was sit, seated on the throne of glory and they were holding a scroll in their hands. A little further research and we discover that it was, it was packaged like a Roman will would be packaged. It was sealed with seven different loops of leather that kept it from coming apart. It was sealed with the wax that would let them know whether or not it had ever been opened before or whether or not the integrity of the document had been sustained. It was being held by someone on the throne. But John saw that there was no one worthy in heaven who could open the scroll. Now, the scroll contained the will of the Father, just like that scroll might have contained the will of a human being in Rome. This scroll contained the will of the Father as to what would take place in the future in his kingdom. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, we know that it wasn't a copy of the Old Testament scriptures because the book of Revelation was a prophetic vision that was given to John by God the Spirit. And it was not prophesying to the past but it was prophesying to the future. And so John understood that that scroll contained the will of God for the future. Everything that was going to happen for the children of God was contained in that scroll. And he was sad and he wept and he wept and he wept some more because they couldn't find anyone who was worthy to loose the scroll and discover what the will of God was. And in the midst of his crying and in the midst of his frustration, someone spoke up and said, look, it is the lion from the tribe of Judah. It is the one who came from the root of David. He is worthy to loose the scroll that is in the hand. And the Bible tells us that he went over and he received that scroll out of the hand that was holding it and was prepared to open the scroll. Let me tell you something today. There's none of us that are worthy to open that scroll. There was none in heaven that was worthy to open that scroll scroll. Oh, the devil thinks he's worthy to open the scroll. There's nothing he'd rather do than to steal the scroll and change the will of God for the future for mankind. But I want you to know today that the enemy of our soul, the devil, does not have the authority to take the seal and open it uh, because he did not pay the price for our sins. There's only one who is worthy to open that scroll and his name is Jesus. Amen. He paid the price and he is the only one worthy. And I believe when we get there, we're going to sing about it. 
I don't know what song we'll select. It may be a new song. The Bible says they sing a new song. It may be something we've never heard before. But I can tell you this. The Bible tells us that when Jesus reaches over and takes that scroll and begins to open it up and reveal all that the Father has planned for us, we'll have no choice but to break out in song and start singing a new song unto the Lord. Amen. I'm ready to sing today, aren't you? I'm ready to start right now. As we said earlier today, I am ready to begin practicing right now for the day when we will all be together and we will all give praise to the lion of the tribe of Judah, to the one who came from the root of David. We will sing over that scroll. And secondly, we will sing about the sacrifice that was made for us. We all know that it was a wicked act that placed Jesus upon the cross. It was an act of the enemy as he attacked the very Son of God. Now, I know that he did it through people. People were involved in that process. Politicians were involved in that process. Leaders were involved in that process, but it was the enemy, the devil that was at the root of the process that was going to take Jesus to the cross at Calvary. Can I tell you that from that day till this, there's not a whole lot that has changed upon this earth. The devil is still trying to work wicked acts, not only upon Jesus, which is worthless and useless, but he's trying to get to Jesus through us. He knows that if he can bring things into your life that will steal your faith and rob you of your joy, it will be as though he is affecting Jesus himself. But he has never truly understood that all of his efforts are in vain because Jesus is able to overcome him at any and all times. He is able. Amen. <clears throat> and we don't have to be subject to the things of the devil. We don't have to succumb to the things of hell. They may affect our lives as long as we're in this natural world. But I'm here to remind you today that greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. That we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. We are overcomers. We are victors because of what he has done for us. It took a wicked act that took him to the cross of Calvary. But listen, it was a willing atonement that was paid by Jesus Christ so that we could experience the sacrifice for our sins. I love it when we discover that Jesus so loved the world, that God so loved the world, that he sent Jesus, his only begotten son, so that whosoever would believe upon him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might 
be saved. You can find that in John 3, 16 and 17. You need to be reminded today that anything the enemy tries to use against you is pointless. You do not have to submit to it. You don't have to take it for so long because at the given moment of victory, God will flood his power to his people and give you the authority and the words and the power to overcome in your given situation. Don't ever forget. Don't confess that you're defeated. Don't confess that I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. Don't confess. I don't know. This is harder than me. This is tougher than me. This is bigger than me. It might be bigger than you. It might be tougher than you, but it is not bigger and tougher than the God that we serve. Jesus is greater in us than anything that we will face. He paid the sacrifice. And it's important for us to remember that the enemy did not overcome him. Jesus said, no man can take my life from me. I willingly lay it down. You know, we've heard the old song for years that says he could have called 10,000 angels. You know, just one word would have rallied the troops of heaven and the armies of heaven. I'm always reminded of the story in the Old Testament where the man of God comes out and, and his servant is there and his servant is confessing defeat and his, his servant is saying, I'm not seeing in the spirit what you're seeing in the spirit. And the prophet of God says, Lord, I want you to open your eye, his eyes so that he can see what I see. And the Lord opened his eyes and when he looked up into the hills uh, it was filled with the angelic hosts of heaven that were there ready to spring into action and bring victory to God's people <clears throat> I want you to know God has not changed there are angels all about us they are here in this very room. They are wherever we go because they are ministering spirits that God has created and provided for each and every one of us so that in any given situation, we will never be alone and we will never have to submit to the power of the enemy. Amen. Some of us just need to learn how to release our angels. Some of us just need to sit down and shut up and relax and just say, you guys take over for a little while because I've done all I intend to do because I don't have the power to overcome. But I know that you do because you were sent here by my Savior, Jesus Christ. So you guys just pick up the fight right now and I'll support you and I'll pray that power will come to give us overcoming power. Amen. A Greek poet wrote, even God cannot change the past. And historically speaking, he's right. Because what has happened in the flesh cannot change. It will remain at all times. Yet, when God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, he not only provided a way for the future, but he provided a way for right now, and he provided a way for everything that's happened in your life in the past 
He is the Lord over the past. He is the Lord over the present. And he is the Lord over the future. He has it all in his hands. When you come to Christ, you no longer can say, well, you don't know what I was. You don't know my background. You don't know what I've done. Because the Lord has forgiven your past just like he is forgiving your present and will forgive your future. The Bible says, that when you come into Christ, behold, all things are changed and become new because of Jesus Christ. So stop focusing on yesterday. Stop focusing on what happened five years ago or five days ago or five minutes ago. Focus your attention upon the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, who will change your past and direct your future through his will for your life. Somebody said, I wish there were a land of beginning again. I've got good news for you today. There is. It's called being born again. Uh, you know, some of you might be like the man in the New Testament that came to Jesus and said, how can a man be born again? Can he get back in his mother's womb and try it a second time? He didn't understand that Jesus wasn't talking about a natural birth. He was talking about a spiritual birth. He was talking about something that happens in us that changes the very makeup of who we are. I've heard people concerned about whether or not they ought to take this vaccine because they've said, it'll change my DNA. I'm not here to debate whether you should or shouldn't take a vaccine, but I'm here to tell you the enemy of our soul cannot change our DNA. Jesus Christ can change who we are, though, through the process of being born again. I'm thankful today that I'm born again. I'm not the man I used to be. I'm the man that he has called me to be because he has set me apart. Aren't you glad to know that? And then thirdly this morning, we're going to sing about our salvation. You know, I think sometimes we don't really appreciate this word salvation. I made a, a, a comment yesterday at the men's breakfast. I said, we have gotten so wrapped up in the last years on prosperity gospel that we think that we have to have a gold-plated Cadillac sitting in our garage all the time or we're not successful, or we've got to have plenty of money in our bank, or we've got to have all of these prosperous blessings that we can put our hands on in the flesh. Uh, let me tell you something, that if uh, the poorest man who ever lived on the face of the earth has Jesus in his heart, he is the richest man uh, that could be alive in that moment. It is not about what you own. You say, well, don't you believe the people of God should be blessed and prosperous? God prospers those who are actively doing the work of the kingdom. And if we are doing the work of the kingdom, there will never be a time when we lack 
when we do not have what we need. I stand before you today as the pastor of a church that for the last 10 years have, have gone through days when we did not have two nickels to rub together and things that needed to be done only could be done through the movement of God in our lives. But I have watched him time after time after time after time after time bring the resources that we've needed at the very moment that it was needed so that we could do the work of the kingdom of God. You don't know this because we haven't talked a lot about it, but this last year when COVID came and they were telling us we couldn't do this and we couldn't do that and we couldn't do this and we couldn't do that, we were thinking we're going to have to shut the school down because we can't meet together and we can't meet the regulations and we won't have the students that we need to be able to pay the salaries for the teachers. Pastor John and I sat there and we discussed it. We talked about it some in the council meeting. And then all of a sudden it just dawned on me. This is not the decisions that we make are not to be made in the flesh. The decisions that we make are to be made in the spirit. And if we align ourselves with God's will for our lives, he will supply the need. And we decided to keep Spirit Life Christian Academy alive. We hired another teacher. And we had more students than we've ever had before. You say, how did that happen? I don't know, except to tell you that the Lord has his hands upon his people and will bring success when we trust him. So he will provide everything. He's already purchased it. He has already purchased everything that needs to be purchased for our salvation. Yesterday, I talked some about the seven sayings of Jesus, and I mentioned that my favorite one was when Jesus said, it is finished. I like it. Some man that I didn't know came up after church and he said, I've got a question to ask you, sir. Now, you know, normally that puts me on the defensive because it's like, I don't know where they're coming from and I don't know what's up. And you know, I don't know if they're going to hit me in the mouth or disagree with, I, I just don't know. But he said, you said, that the words of Jesus, it is finished, where you, that was your favorite statement, and I want to know why. I said, well, I can tell you that real easy. I said, because it takes all the pressure off of me. I said, when Jesus declared, it is done, it is finished, it let me know that there's not a thing in the world that I can do or should do to acquire my salvation. I cannot pay a price because Jesus has already paid the price for me. All I have to do is just receive it. All I have to do is just believe in my heart that he is who he says he is and confess with my mouth that he is the Lord. And if I do that, I'm saved. I'm as saved as I'll ever be. I'm as saved right now as I've ever been in my life. Tomorrow, I'm going to even be just as saved as I am today. A week from now, I'll be just as saved because I'm not turning back. The Bible says that when I crawled up into the hands of Jesus, there was no man or no power who was able 
able to remove me or take me out of the hands of my Lord. I'm going to ride this trip out in the hands of Jesus until my dad dying day. And then when I lay this body down, the Bible says I'm just going to step into the presence of the Lord because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Oh, we're going to be singing about all this stuff. I mean, we won't need a hymn book. A hymn book has a beginning and an end. You can sing from the first hymn and go all the way to the back, but then you run out of hymns. But listen, when we get there, we're never going to run out of hymn. Amen. And we're going to be singing forever the songs of glory. He purchased it. Who did he purchase it for? Well, the Bible tells us that there are people from all over the world and from every age. The scripture describes it like this. It says every tribe and every tongue and every people and every nation. The Lord has opened the door to the people of every race, every nationality, and every language to be a part of his eternal kingdom. Unless I'm going to make, I'm going to say something here that makes some of you uncomfortable with what I'm talking about. But listen. If you're just one of those old rednecks that says, we just want Kentucky people and nobody else. We, we, just, we just want a few white people that know how to have potluck dinners and know how to have social events. Let me tell you something. You're, you're with the wrong bunch here. Because we want our church to look like what the church is going to look like there. And Jesus said they're going to come from everywhere. They're going to be all different colors. All kinds of different nationalities are going to be in my kingdom uh, praising my name. So we got to get rid of this racism. We got to get rid of this redneck attitude that says this is America, boys, and we don't want anybody else here. Let me tell you something. Something that has something has happened in America that I never saw, saw thought I'd see the day that it would happen. I can remember in the early church we used to have to send missionaries to other countries in order to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out, and we still do that. We're supporting missionaries right now. In New Zealand, they are there preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But while we're sending people into other nations, God is bringing other nations uh, into the United States, and we don't have to go to another country or another nation. All we have to do is just walk across the street, and we can find people from other nations and other backgrounds and other skin colors and nationalities, and that's the way it should be. Because Jesus loves each and every one of us. And listen, if you don't like that, you're not going to like heaven. You just might as, well, might as well make your reservation somewhere else. Because heaven is going to be a gathering of all people, all tribes, all nations, uh, all colors. And we're going to be worshiping the Lord together for the salvation. The same salvation that applies in Calcutta and the same salvation that applies in Ghana and the same salvation that applies in Germany is the same salvation that we have access to right now and is the salvation that we will all experience in heaven. Aren't you glad to know that today? And now let's close with answering this question, the purpose. 
Why would Jesus do all this? Why would Jesus hang upon an old rugged cross and do it willingly? Why would he do that? And I'll tell you why. It's because it's all about him. It's about him expressing his total and complete victory over the devil. When we stand in his presence, he'll be able to say, this is my son. I died for him. I shed my blood for him. He received my gift of salvation, and he is here with me. It will be a point of victory. And as the devil hears it, he's going to hear him saying it time after time after time after time after time. The name will change from Rob to Donna and from Donna to Danny and from Danny to Connie and from Connie to Donna and from Donna to Dorothy and Paul and Shannon. And I could go through this whole place. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he has provided a personal salvation for you and has given you the benefits of it. I'm so thankful for that today. Come help me, Donna, if you will. Listen, when we get to heaven, we're not just going to ride on fluffy clouds. I know some people that think, well, we're just going to get up there and that they're going to hand harps out. We're all going to sit on these clouds and That's what heaven's going to be like. And never get sick, and we won't. Never have any pain, we won't. Mildred was telling me how old she was today, and I won't, I won't tell you what she told me. She said, the older I get, the more I hurt. And I can relate to that because just this week, I told my wife, I said, I don't know if it's arthritis or what. My foot hurt so bad. I said, I, I feel like I just can't even hardly walk at times. That's these old natural bodies. Listen, one of these days, we're going to lay these things down and we're going to pick up a glorified body that will never experience pain and never experience disease and never experience disappointment. Because all of those things will pass away. But it's not going to be like this. Some people think that there will be a part of heaven that is for country western people. Greg Hilbert will be in that section. Other people think there will be a section for Bill Gaither. I expected to get a lot of amens there. All the good singers will be singing, and Bill be standing off to the side going, oh, oh, oh. Did you ever wonder why nobody ever tells Bill Gaither to stop singing? It's because he's paying the bills. That's the reason 
Bill Gaither can sing any song he wants to. Some people just think they're going to be all these divisions that no, no, we're all going to be together. We're not going to be playing harps. We're just going to be together. And it's going to dawn on us that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is in our presence. And we're going to sing a song of the redeemed and give him the glory that is due his name. Oh, did you catch the part in Scripture that said they started singing? And there were thousands that sang. And then there were thousands of thousands that sang. And there were thousands of thousands that sang. I've got a thing around here that I do. Sometimes I walk out in the foyer and I will ask those who are manning the doors. I will say, they're coming in by the thousands today, aren't they? And they laugh at me every week. They say, well, pastor's had a little bit too much this morning. Uh, not to drink. Don't, don't misunderstand that. I said, they're coming in by the thousands. I said, Pastor, they're not coming in by the thousands. I said, I can dream, can't I? I can have faith, can't I? I'm telling you, there may never be thousands in this building, but there's coming a day when we will join together with thousands upon thousands upon thousands in heaven, giving glory to Jesus for all that he has done. Wow! Wow! Have you ever been to a concert and you walk in and you take your seat and you're just kind of there and you're in, enjoying the moment and then the artist comes out the guitars start and the pianos and the drums and all of a sudden the music just moves you. It moves you internally. It moves you in your mind. It moves you in your emotions. There are times that the music just moves us. It's designed to do that. But let me tell you something. We may sing about drinking and honky-tonk women and whose bed are your boots been under and all that kind of stuff here on this earth. But I'm telling you, when we get to heaven, uh, the song that we sing uh, will be focused upon Jesus Christ and all that he has done for us. And I'm ready to get started right now. I'm ready to start practicing right now. I want to sing his praises for as long as I live. Because throughout eternity, I'm going to be singing his praises with people in the kingdom of God. What a day that will be. What a day. What a day. What a day that will be. Are you ready to go? See, if you're not ready, today's the day that you should choose Jesus. You may not know this, but he has already chosen you. He already knows who you are. And he is ready to receive you unto himself if you will just confess him as Lord. So well, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do that sometime later in my life. Listen. Don't play with that fire. You're not guaranteed another day but today. And you may not be guaranteed the, the rest of this day. 
But I tell you what you do have. You do have this very moment. You don't have to come up front and throw yourself down in the floor. I know we're Pentecostal, and we kind of dig that kind of stuff and roll around, get our hair all messed up and that, have people spit on us and rub oil all over us and things like that. I get it. We're weird, but we like it. But you don't have to do that to be saved. All you have to do is just say, Lord, I believe you are who you say you are. And I receive you into my life. Forgive my sins and walk with me the remainder of my days. Now look, you know, sometimes we sugarcoat it. And you hear preachers say things like this all the time. I want everybody to bow your heads, close your eyes, and don't anybody look around at anybody else now. We want to make it easy on everybody to be able to accept Jesus without anybody else knowing because that way, if they decide they don't want to keep it up, nobody knows but them. But listen, I want every eye in this house looking at me. I want you looking up, and I'm going to ask you as boldly as I know how on this Easter Sunday morning, are you saved? Are you a Christian? And if you're not, and you need to be saved today, look me square in the eyes and lift your hand up in the air and let us introduce you to this man I've been talking about named Jesus. Are you here? You need to be saved? You need to come to Christ today? Today is the day salvation. Thank you, young man. Are there any others? Amen. Grant, have you ever led anyone to Jesus? Grab your dad right there, and the two of you come over here and lead your friend to Jesus. come to Jesus today? Is there anyone? It's the best decision that you can make in your lifetime. This young man has just made the best choice that he can make. You know, speaking of heaven, speaking of heaven, did you know that when one individual comes to Christ, the Bible tells us that the angels of heaven begin rejoicing right now right now in heaven angels are rejoicing over this soul that has come into the kingdom of God isn't that good news that's good news that's good news stand with me if you will oh what a day 